you've tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob on Mike. It's 2023 and the collegiate beach season is right around the corner. With me on screen, head coach of the Cal Poly Mustangs, Todd Rogers. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's always exciting to see uh, and, and get the perspective, especially from a, a coach as successful as you've been and with your background and experience, what you're seeing in today's uh, scene in Collegiate Beach Volleyball. So I'm going to start off by asking you, um, what major changes have you seen in the development and growth of Collegiate Beach Volleyball? It's really created an explosion down at the lower levels as well. Uh, the explosion of collegiate beach and, and, you know, the fast, everyone knows fastest growing sport, all those kinds of things at the NCAA level. Um, but it's really given an opportunity to a lot of gals, girls uh, that are younger. You see clubs popping up all over the place. And now you've even got high school beach uh, starting uh, throughout. I think Arizona was the first ones to have it. I know now in Southern California, it's happening even in Central California, they're starting it up. This is the kind of the first year uh, and it just keeps growing. I am even, I was talking to someone in Hawaii that was saying that they're looking at it in, on Maui. Uh, and so I think it's just going to keep on growing and it's being primarily driven by college beach. And as we keep continuing to grow and those opportunities grow, I think more and more juniors players will look at the beach as a viable option to go play a sport, uh, enjoy the college experience uh, and enjoy it even more. So hopefully by, by playing a sport like beach volleyball. Mm -hmm. Now um, also this year, one of the major changes that's going to be most obvious is the change in the NCAA beach volleyball championship in May in that format. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and your thoughts on that change and how you were kind of like the uh, Nostradamus predicting how it would turn out. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of did see the single elimination coming. I mean, you just look at the reality of trying to run a double elimination eight team. Yeah, that's a doable one in three days. It's not hard to run. But a 16-team one, double elim, it wasn't going to happen. And I, I had said a couple of years ago that I thought it was going to go to a single elimination format. And the other reason, too, is... I mean, what, what is the most popular NCAA sport? It's NCAA March Madness. Uh, and what do you have in March Madness that really drives that? It's the possibility of a, a, a 16 seed upsetting a one seed, which obviously has barely ever happened. Uh, but the two seed upsetting 15, three seed upsetting 14. And that drives a lot of people to watch because I'd argue the vast majority of people are rooting for the underdog. Uh, and I think that the NCAA said, well, this works really well in March Madness. So let's create May Madness, uh, if you will. And <laughs> let's see if we can't get, you know, the 15th seed upset number two. Is that likely to happen uh, you know, soon? Probably not. Uh, just like in basketball, it didn't really happen until probably the last 10, 20 years that even a three seed or a two seed would lose. And only recently that a one seed. So uh, it kind of, you know, it, it just made sense to me. It just made sense that they would go down that road uh, mm -hmm. and it would be single them and, you know, one and done. And, and I, I actually, I kind of like it because it just mm -hmm. creates more interest, I think uh, in the long run. And I think it's good for the sport. So there are no buys for the top seeds. Everyone is playing day one then. At this point in time, but what it does, uh, and no one said this yet, but what does that do now to me? You just mentioned it. So we go to 24. 
we can still run a single elimination tournament, no problem. And you give those top eight seeds, hey, you've earned the right over the course of the season, a buy. And when are we going to get there? Well, if we keep growing at the rate that college beach volleyball is growing, you know, the NCAA likes to keep it around 20% of the participation, give or take. And we were really low there for a while. I was on the committee. We were at like 11%. Um, so this was the right move to 16. Now we're around 20%. But if we keep growing, we're going to be back down to 14%, 13, 12. And adding another eight is not difficult to do and still actually still run it actually in a very short period of time like they have right now. And then you get the eight teams get a buy, which I would have no problem with that either. That would be very fair. Right. Well, I think, Mike, the current uh, data is there are 176 beach volleyball programs right now uh, okay. for this season. So, you know, I could see it coming up quickly, going to a 20-team format, potentially if it's a 20% uh, based on the amount of programs. So that'd be exciting well, to see for sure. I do think it's division one um, that are invited. I think that's what the number they use. I, I hope you're, I hope you're right, actually. And then they need to grow a lot faster. Okay. 64 of the 66 are division one. So right so, now. There you go. So we're yeah. at 16, which is what? 25% uh, roughly. So yep. um, we're, we're in a great spot right now. And um, hopefully that grows up to a hundred and then we have to add more teams. Yeah. So with that change, there's some, uh, what other changes could you see coming down the pipeline the next few years in collegiate beach volleyball? Uh, you know, one of the ones that, that uh, I actually pushed for probably four or five years ago was more of a Ryder Cup format uh, where everyone had their five teams. You throw, out, you throw out your five teams, I throw out my five teams. I know who your teams are, you know who my teams are. And then we literally, I don't know how we do it, whether it's a coin flip, or whether it's uh, uh, you're the host, so you get to, you know, I have to put in my team first at the ones, but it's not a ones team. It's just a, a, a flight. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you get to match and then you put in and then I can match. And we kind of just go down the, the board that way. Um, because one of the things that it's just been, I've, I've had a beef with is there are coaches out there that, uh, in my opinion, whether it's per purposefully or they think it's best for their players or whatever it is, uh, they're cheating. Uh, and, uh, it's, uh, some of them I've actually even talked to and they disagreed with me on their reasoning, uh, they're friends of mine. So it wasn't like a big deal, um, in mm -hmm. terms of having that conversation. Um, and I didn't, wasn't like, Hey, you're cheating kind of a thing, but it's, it's out there and it's this undercurrent, uh, and I'm kind of, you know, showing you a little bit. It's this undercurrent of, huh, you know, Joe's got the, their threes teams awfully good. You know, and it just becomes mm -hmm. this kind of a cantankerous thing. Whereas if you have a Ryder Cup format or something along those lines, there's none of that. You want to you want to throw a team, whatever it is. You you want to try and have a uh, the ability to win, then so be it. What's what's the end goal? Is it to have a three two win uh, or a four one or a five zero win, or is it uh, you know oh I, I have to try and, and finagle this so my one teams really should be my two teams and my twos my ones. But that way it's 50-50 and I really like my three, fours and fives teams chances. I can win two or three of those. I really, which, which is that's like oftentimes the mindset that you're going through. And I just, I don't like that mindset. I don't like having it myself. Um, and uh, I just feel like that if that, that kind of change uh, can happen, then you now have none of that. It's out the window. And I'm right. sure that brings its own issues in terms of logistics and all these other things, but I think it's worth it to take that out. And then all of us as coaches are just, we're on the same page. Um, 
Mm. We're moving in lockstep instead of kind of the undercurrent of uh, that guy always puts his twos where they should be his threes, but he puts them at twos so that he gets a win over here. Yeah. Just, I, I can't stand that aspect of, uh, of it. And you see the same thing in tennis. I'm sure yeah. you tell you yeah, tennis always has that as well. And man, it'd just be a lot nicer. Just throw out your team and they, the other team throws out a team. And, and not to mention that instead of getting some five zero beat downs, you actually might get some people upsetting a top team because their ones team plays their threes team or their fourth team. And it actually has a shot at winning. I'm not saying they're going to win the duel, uh, mm-hmm. but you never know. it's why they play the game. So. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, I would like love to see that. <laughs> I think it would, and I think it would be generate for me from a media marketing perspective that actually generates because you and I get together and then we, we could do it on you know, zoom or however it is. Say yeah. it's technology. It really wouldn't be that hard to figure it out. And literally you put your team in and I put mine in and fans could watch like, who are they going to match up, you know, and then sit there and critique and be like, Oh, Todd's an idiot. Doesn't he know Rob, that team? Rob is going to kill Todd. It, it would create some kind of, uh, I hope at least with my thought process, it would create some kind of interest yeah. um, above and beyond just the beach volleyball. Um, so, and then fans can critique over the next 24 hours, how you deal with injuries. I don't know. I haven't delved into yeah. that, but I'd love to see it happen. Right, right. Well, let's go to your team now. Um, now we're into this, you know, something new that happened this year was the NCAA allowed for fall competition. But I wanted to get a sense of what you thought about your team during the fall competitions. I know I saw you guys at, what was it, Manhattan Beach uh, in the fall. I saw a couple of your teams playing and uh, looked like you have some pretty good talent on board there. We do. Uh, we got some some pretty good young talent. We got some uh, pretty good older talent. We're actually kind of an odd mix of very old, and maybe a lot of teams are just because of COVID, but very old and very young. And then our kind of like sophomore, junior, fourth year classes are very small, but our mm-hmm. freshman class is big and our fifth year COVID slash grad is rather large as well. Um, so some of them being new, even the older ones as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm really pleased we got I mean, a really unique and awesome team in terms of uh, the gals on the team, um, the culture. Uh, it's been really amazing to watch over the course of this fall, as well as the the winter. Uh, so we lost some very, very talented players, uh, like every team does every year um, due to graduation, injuries, et cetera. Um, and so watching some of these gals fill in that gap, if you will, and watching them grow into that has really been an enjoyable experience for me personally on that front. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm super stoked on our team and looking forward to see what, what, what kind of waves we can make out there. And, you know, maybe, maybe you have an upset or two and also have some fantastic battles. Right on. Well, how about this for our listeners and viewers um, who are some key athletes or potentially, well, a lot of the coaches have been revealing their pairs, but telling about their athletes, but who should a fan who should the fans be watching out for this season on the Mustangs? Uh, got some, uh, you know, a young player or two. Um, Izzy Martinez, uh, Isabel, that everyone calls her Izzy. Mm-hmm. Um, she's MB Sand. She's a freshman. She's come in and really made some some waves. Um, so she's going to be in that mix somewhere. Really stoked um, to see her just as a freshman coming in. Wasn't sure. You never know. Um, mm-hmm. You know they're talented, but it's still it's a different world uh, away from <laughs> parents and stuff. Um, I, we've got, you know, Jalen Lombard's come in. She's been an anchor in our squad for you know, multiple, multiple years now. This would be her, her fifth year, obviously COVID year. Uh, right. Had a newbie come in, um, not kind of newbie, Brooke Golick. 
who, who played soccer. She's a super interesting case. Uh, soccer at SMU for four yeah. years, um, but was a really talented beach volleyball player as a junior. And so she's playing for us. Uh, Piper Furch is from Seattle. She's uh, only a sophomore, but super talented, crazy arm swing, um, very strong uh, player. Uh, so, I mean, that's a couple of them, some older ones and some younger ones. I mean, there's a couple others that I'm super stoked on, but those are the ones I'll give you for now. Right on. Well, let's go out to the conference. And uh, it's a obviously, a, you know, one of those questions like, uh, should be careful there or, but who are some of the top teams in the Big West Conference we should be looking out for? And obviously you guys are, you know, you've won the last three Big West Beach Volleyball Championships and I've been to the NCAA championships in the last three years as well. So, um, but what other teams could be putting up a big fight at the top? Uh, well, I, I think, you know, the, the odds on favorite, we don't do the favorite type of stuff, although I would love to be able to do that um, within our conference. I think it'd be a fun thing to do, but uh, I think Hawaii is the favorite uh, personally. Uh, I mean, I love my team. Don't get me wrong, but I think mm -hmm. that they returned the vast majority of their squad. Uh, they've added a few pieces as well. Um, we lost some pretty big pieces that we have to have, like I said, some gals fill in. Uh, I, I know Long Beach lost a couple of big pieces uh, just recently as well. So I had actually had them pretty high up as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe now they're a little bit lower than, than Hawaii. So, I mean, I think the three of us will be um, per the, the norm of the last, whatever it's been, five, six years uh, since we kind of got up to Long Beach and Hawaii's standards. Uh, mm -hmm which should be the the cream of the crop although davis uh you know has every year they've gotten better and they're starting to you know really push people beat hawaii last year at the big west challenge uh, and that was a pretty big upset uh, probably one of the bigger ones if not the biggest ones in or biggest one in their history um bakersfield now is getting a little bit more focus on beach volleyball uh, and that's what I'm really kind of excited about because now they've got you know caesar has been their coach for a while but he's been splitting time both sides now he's only beach uh, and so you're seeing more and more of that. And I think that this, because of that, the squads will ultimately be stronger, uh, right. as you get more focus on them. Cause they're not, I mean, you split your time, it's hard to recruit. It's hard to make calls on the indoor side and the beach side, uh, and not, not, not really fair to the coach, but now he can actually do that. So I'm looking for them. I don't know if that'll happen this year, um, but in the future, I think that they're going to be moving upwards, uh, in that realm. Yeah. Who are some of the other athletes in the big West that, that, we should be keeping eye, uh, our eyes on? I mean, my, the one that I would say you got to keep your eye on is Brooke um, at, at Hawaii. I mean, she's just, she's a really enjoyable, fun athlete to watch. She's, you know, whenever you get a, a, an undersized player, and I say that um, fully in quotation marks, um, mm -hmm. because the girl has an absolute cannon of an arm and flies um, and moves like, you know, a gazelle on the court. Uh, it, it's really, I just enjoy watching her play uh, because she combines an element of grace, skill, and yet is, even though she's not you know, six feet tall, I think she's five, eight, maybe five, nine, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, she can absolutely crush balls. And so she has the power as well. So she's, to me, she's one of my favorite players just to watch, um, period. Uh, yeah in the NCAA. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing, not that I don't want to beat her, um, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching her play because she is a fun, fun player to watch. And she's got grit too. And I, and yeah. I appreciate that about someone that's that talented, yet they still have that 
that grit to them that um, they're not uber talented and know it. They just, I'm good. And here, I'm going to grind it out with you too. Yeah. Um, just for all you listeners, viewers, Brooke Van Sickle of Hawaii is who Todd is referring to. And she's got a lightning quick jump and she is fiery on the court. But man, you want that on your team because that's that sets the momentum in, in, the, in going there right there. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, if you're asking me my fave, that's probably my, my fave to watch uh, outside of my own team. Obviously, I, I love my gals, uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her play. Yeah, let's go even, even further out and look at who are some of the teams to watch out for in the nation now? And I know there's a lot of teams, as we mentioned earlier, but there are definitely some some big time programs that will be there. But there's also some that can shake it up a little bit, too. So I, I think you're, you're I'm going to put this as standards. Uh, FSU, UCLA, I, I think those are probably two that I would put at the top. Um, not exactly difficult to do. They took second and third last year. Uh, I imagine that USC and LSU will be in that mix a little bit, although you know, USC graduated uh, everyone. Um, so <laughs> literally, and then some, I think, I think they graduated 13 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, LSU, I know lost a lot of players as well. I, I think TCU is uh, absolutely in that mix with FSU and UCLA. Um, I mean, they're, they're Spanish. What do they have four of them or five of them? Uh, I mean, they're, they're good. Um, and, and Hector's done a fantastic job over there. Uh, so I fully expect them to be heavily in the mix. Uh, some of this kind of a sleeper or I'm you're, like, everyone's kind of like, wait to me, waiting to see is Stanford. Uh, mm -hmm. They've had a, a couple of really, really strong recruiting classes coming in and they still have a couple of their older gals that are still there uh, either on fourth or fifth years. So mm -hmm. I, it'll be interesting to see if they make that next jump from, you know, top, solid top 10 squad to maybe a really solid top four, top five squad. Right. Um, and then, I mean, I, I'm not as familiar with the, uh, the East coast side of things, but you know, FIU always seems to be sneaky good. Um, sometimes Stetson as well. Um, so I, I expect Hawaii will be in, in that mix as we kind of discussed that's outside the big West. Uh, and then, you know, Johnny always does a good job at LMU too. I'm mm -hmm. sure I might be forgetting. Am I forgetting anyone that? What's funny is I, I don't really keep track of them, but I think all the teams you mentioned, all the other coaches have said it as well. So okay. <laughs> you're right in alignment with them. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, to me, the, the top ones are going to be like looking at it from now and more of a last year's lens rather than a this year's lens would be mm -hmm. UCLA, FSU, TCU would probably be my top three. Mm -hmm. Cool. And then uh, with that, who are some of the top athletes in the nation to be watching out for? Oh, that's a, a little bit more difficult question. Obviously, I think I think Brooke's already been in there um, uh, that we talked about, Brooke Van Sickle. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that's, that's actually a much more difficult one. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Dina Berg at UCLA and see, mm -hmm. you know, she's blocked one year. She's played defense one year. It's kind of like, all right, that'll be an interesting one to see uh, um, who she, if she plays defense behind Abby um, Van Winkle, or does she block for someone else, you know, like a Jaden mm -hmm. Whitmarsh or something like that. Um, that'll be, that'll be enjoyable to watch. Um, I mean, at, at TCU, Moreno and Alvarez, uh, yeah, you know, Alvarez is just a powerhouse and Moreno is actually a really good athlete. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, just from an athletic perspective, movement, hand, eye, all those kinds of things. She's not as powerful uh, as Danielle, but she's, she's, she's pretty impressive. And then uh, Maddie Anderson uh, at uh, FSU, 
is big, strong, uh, and, a, and a pretty dang good athlete as well. Um, so yeah. I always enjoy watching her. I mean, one of my favorite athletes to watch, I don't know where she'll go on the TCU is Kate Privet, um, just because she's a little tiny tyke that, that is gnarly um, and is an amazing, <laughs> amazing athlete just from a pure athletic perspective, perspective at five, five, six, seven, whatever she is. I don't think she's any taller than five, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's just me being a, a small player in my own day. And I lean towards that rather than the big uh, hulking monsters out there. But he's one of my faves to watch just by just from an athletic perspective. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of great competition. And, and one of the things that always catches my eye is the center of effort challenge that you host at your facility, but you got some pretty gnarly teams coming in this year. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's every year it's grown. It's gotten better. Uh, and this year will be no exception. We got eight teams coming in. Uh, two from the pack in USC and UCLA, two from uh, the, the uh, WCC in LMU and Pepperdine, two from the Big West, us in Long Beach, and then two from back East and FSU and, and TCU. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you look at it and from a rankings perspective last year, you've got one, two, three, four, six, 10, and <laughs> it was 14 and 16 or 14 and 17. I don't know where they'll, they'll play out in terms of this year, but I suspect there'll probably be something similar along that line. I think most of them will be top 20 and the majority in the top 10. So it's a great, I, the coaches love it because it's a great preview for them of what's going to happen in three weeks time at the NCAAs. Yeah. So they can kind of get that last look at, you know, the, the, the East West coast competition kind of thing, see what they need to do to adjust maybe, and mm-hmm. then go from there. So, and it's well attended too. It's, it's one that, if you're an NCAA beach volleyball fan, you should probably go. We've got a really fun venue to watch these teams play in. Now, are you going to be streaming those matches? I think they were last year, if I remember correctly, but I, I don't know if that was a special deal you'd set up uh, for, you know, all the viewers. Uh, I don't know if it was streamed last year, was it? I, I didn't say I it. I saw it. some it, footage. It. I don't know if it's someone's okay. phone and on YouTube, but, you know, I did watch some of it and it was closer to sunset. That's how okay. I remember it. Uh, gotcha. I bet you, yeah, maybe that was someone's phone. This year we are trying to get uh, a streaming service to do it. Actually, I'm actively, as we speak, working on that. Um, so hopefully that goes out there. It'll be, um, yeah, it'll be the opportunity. If you can't make it, you can at least check out some of the best beach volleyball. I mean, it was pretty cool knowing full well, like there were multiple over the last couple of years, there's been multiple Olympians on the sands there playing. Um, and, and they were in college, but they had already been in, in the Olympics. Uh, and right. so it just, it was pretty cool, actually. A lot of fun. Right, right on. Well, uh, Todd Rogers of Cal Poly with the 2023 season right around the corner. Looking forward to seeing your Mustangs on the sand and catching you here in the next few weeks, uh, be it at your facility or down here, because I know you're visiting here quite a bit. So, yep. yep. Well, Rob, I really appreciate you having me on and uh, looking forward to seeing you in the next month or so at uh, many of the venues that we'll be at. Thanks for listening to College Volleyball Weekly. Be sure to follow rob espero at the rob on the mic on instagram and at rob on the mic on twitter